This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope this message meets you where you are and elevates you to where God is taking you. Enjoy the message. Uh, once again, we are in the middle of our series, uh, We Exist. And so today, we're going to talk about We Exist as a church. Hopeland Church exists so that you can walk in freedom. I'm gonna say it again, that's what we're gonna talk about today, we're gonna to go into the word, but we exist as a church so you can walk in freedom. Last week, we talked about we exist so you can encounter God. And the next step in our journey with God, whenever we encounter Him, whether it is an initial experience with God in whatever way and however He saw fit for us to encounter Jesus, there's always a next step, there's always a walking out of an encounter. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, um, is walking in freedom. This is God's heart for us. This is God's heart for you. Uh, this, is God's heart, this was God's heart for you before time began. This was God's heart for you when you first um, experienced Jesus and, and, and got saved. Or, or maybe you haven't given your life or heart to Jesus, but his heart for you is that you would encounter him, that you would see him, that you would know him. And in knowing him, his heart is that we walk in this life in freedom. And if you've been saved for years, if you're one of those seasoned saints, one of the old school folks that, man, you know your Bible, you, you're, you're a worshiper. I mean, you got this thing locked and loaded. You're, you've been faithful. I'm here to tell you right now that there is more freedom even for you in your future because God is constantly taking us from glory to glory, from faith to faith, we are constantly growing in Him. There is more of God for you. So let me pray. And if you want to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, and we're going to start right there. Walk in freedom. Father, I just thank you today uh, for your word. I pray in Jesus' name that you speak to us, God, that you transform us, that we all leave this moment Lord, empowered and encouraged to walk in greater realms of freedom in our personal life and for us as a church community. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Okay, here we go. Isaiah chapter nine, verse two. It says this, the people who walked in darkness, all right, somebody say walked in darkness, have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. And so we're talking about walking in freedom, but we gotta understand outside of Jesus, this is talking about Jesus. This is a messianic prophecy, right? This, this goes on to talk about a, a child shall be born, a son shall be given. It, this, this is Isaiah 9, man. This is about Jesus right here, okay? Many years before he came, here it is, right? But outside of Jesus, we've been walking in darkness. Um, every last one of us, one way or another, we were walking in darkness prior to Jesus, walking in our sin, walking in perversion, walking in selfishness, walking in bitterness, whatever it is, fill in the blank, people. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all been in darkness one way or another. But here it is. This is where the encounter happens. Those that walk in darkness have seen a great light. It's talking about Jesus. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, 
upon them a light has shined. So we're kind of continuing from last week. God does powerful things in dark places. There's the encounter. Here comes Jesus. Bam! Encounter. His love, his mercy, his grace comes to your life. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, and check this out. How do we respond to this? How do we, how do we walk this, these things out? when we encounter God, when, when we experience him. How do we walk in this freedom? Ephesians chapter five, verse eight says this, for you were once darkness, all right? Can I get a witness, somebody? You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Right now, right now, you are light in the Lord. And it says, walk as children of light. And so we were once in darkness, we encounter Jesus, and God's like, look, I need you to walk this out, all right? Now, look at the person next to you and tell them, now walk it out. Now, say it to him again. Say, walk it out, right? You have to walk this out. God will empower you to walk this out. I'm going to give you some definitions of these words, okay? So we can just lay a foundation of what does this mean, walk in freedom, Okay, um, you know, what does it mean to come out of darkness into light? And then God's like, I need you to walk in this, right? God just doesn't want you to get out of hell a uh, free card. That is not what salvation is. And that's not all that it is. Salvation is his kingdom coming to your life and you walking in the light of his countenance, walking in this, okay? So this word walk, this is what it means. If you're taking notes, hopefully we got some note takers out there, but the word walk in the Greek, it speaks of lifestyle. It's the way we conduct our lives. So when we talk about our vision as a church is for people to, we're here, we exist so you can walk in freedom. We're here to empower you, to give you tools, to equip you, to give you the word, to, to pray for you, to encourage you so that you're, you can conduct your life in the light, that you can, your lifestyle can be affected, right? And um, I'm gonna try to say this word, but Hebraistically, Speaking of Hebrew, uh, Hebraistically, it speaks of ethics. It speaks of character. It speaks of a moral compass. So when the Bible talks about walking, it's not talking necessarily about naturally walking. It's speaking of a lifestyle. It's speaking of the moral compass that changes in us, um, that the Christ in us changes that. So that's what it is, walk, lifestyle. This is what darkness means. In scripture, it means a sinful lifestyle. Not that we don't sin, but there's a difference between a sin, living in sin and, um, and, and, and still falling short in the process of your journey with God. Um, I'm sure the most holy, sanctified, God-fearing person that is participating in this today has sinned within the last seven days. That does not mean they are in darkness and living a lifestyle of sin. We always fall short and, and, we, and God forgives us. But dark, walking in darkness is a different story. It is the life we lived prior to Christ. Sinful lifestyle speaks of an immoral lifestyle. It actually not only speaks of what we're doing, but the effects it has on us. In darkness, it speaks of misery. It doesn't only speak of, of living in sin, but the misery that sin caused. 
sin causes. I'm sure, I mean, I could testify all day about when I was in sin and the misery it caused my own soul and my mind. I was troubled. I was vexed. And it was because of sin. It wasn't because I was a bad person. It's just because I was born into this world of sin and darkness was my lifestyle before Christ. That's what it means, that those that walked in darkness have seen a great light. Okay, it says, and it also means to bearing the result of our sin. Okay, that's what darkness is. Somebody say, I thank you, Jesus. I'm, out, I'm out, all the way out of darkness. Thank you, Lord, you shined your light. Thank you, Lord, I'm not in darkness. Thank you, Lord, I'm forgiven. I'm, I'm saved. I'm healed. Here it is. Here's what light means. Here's what light means. I'm going to give you some, this definition as well. Uh, light means divine illumination to reveal and impart life through Jesus Christ. It is divine illumination. That, and, and it means to reveal and impart life, the life of God inside of us. When light shines, I mean, this is everything. Jesus is the light, right? And we in Christ are the light of the world. It is divine illumination. It is, speaks of an encounter. Many times in scripture when people had an encounter with God, there was light. Light was a part of it. Uh, the light came on, right? It speaks of truth. It speaks of the knowledge of God. It speaks of spiritual purity. So when the Bible says to walk as children of light, it's saying you've come out of darkness. Praise God. God, and it's time to walk in divine illumination, to walk in the revelation of Christ, to walk in the life he's imparted to us, to walk in the truth, to walk in knowledge, to walk in spiritual purity. I'm here to tell you right now, by the grace of God and the spirit of God and the word of God crashing into your soul, you are empowered by his grace to walk in light. Check this out. This is, this is our heart. Um, and just to say to the Whole Plant Church family, um, Crystal Gale and, and, and my heart, this is our heart. I mean, we live for this right here. Uh, I would say uh, more than anything for people is that uh, people would walk in freedom. Um, it's one thing to encounter God. It is part of it. It is where it starts. It, we, I'm here to tell you right now, we can't walk with God and truly um, walk as believers in, in, in victory without an encounter. It's impossible. And, and every encounter is different. That's where it starts. But our heartbeat as, as pastors is to see people growing, is to see people walking this thing out, is to see somebody struggling with sin and to, and to apply the word to their life and to, and, to, and, to, and to remain faithful to the Lord and to worship him and walk with him through the struggle of things in life and to see them just grow in God and get free. Uh, and to get free, this is the, the, the heartbeat of, of who we are as leaders and pastors. I, I mean, I, I celebrate this. I love to hear about these things. When somebody is getting free of something uh, that they've been in or walked in or dealt with, I mean, I mean this, is, this is where, you know, you kind of put some... Um, some, some flesh on the scripture, some, 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 some feet on the scripture, some, the, 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 that a life has been really changed, <laughs> that there is a something that's happened as a result of an encounter with God, that there is a changed life. And so the first point is this, 
When God saves a life, he changes a lifestyle. I will say it one more time. When God saves a life, he changes a lifestyle. That is what the encounter from God is for. It, this is what happens. That's why when the Bible um, is speaking of darkness and light, it, many times it starts to reference a walk, a change of walk, a, a lifestyle change. Um, none of us are perfect and we're all going through a process. But I'm here to tell you right now that there is more freedom for everybody than what they're experiencing right now. There is always more of God, and that is God's heart for you. You know, when you encounter God, this is the thing, and I could speak of this personally, that he adjusts your course. Every, I mean, you could even look at it theologically. When God touched somebody in the Bible, and it was heaven coming down, the kingdom of God coming in somebody's life, their, their course was adjusted every time. Even sometimes it's, a, it's an attitude course correction. Can I get an amen, somebody? It, it could be a, a way of thinking. It could literally be a literal thing you're doing in life. He adjusts it. Um, but when God comes down, things start changing. When he comes with his authority, things start shifting. When the power of God comes in your life, um, things aren't as they were anymore. And, and that is where walking comes in, right? And so, and here's the question, um, because I think everybody wants an encounter with God, but the question is, are you willing to walk in his path after the encounter? Um, you know, we need to ask ourselves that question. Am I willing to walk in his path for my life. Once again, when you encounter God, he adjusts your course for the better. But we don't always see the result. We don't always, we, we, it's, it's a matter of trust. I'll give you an example um, we, uh, of this where I encountered God and it was actually in a church gathering. Um, there was a, a preacher that came. This was when I was in um, Oceanside. Um, a preacher came and he had a strong prophetic gift. Um, and so he's in the middle of his preaching, um, preaching a powerful message. A pastor actually from Moreno Valley came and preached. Um, he's a prophet, really. Um, and he's preaching. And he, I was sitting in my usher seat, as I always was in Oceanside. And he called me out. He says, hey, why don't you come up here? And, and he was going, and I just, I, it was so awkward, you know, because I was standing literally in the front of the church. And he like walks off and he's still preaching. And I'm just standing there with my oversized 1990s suit on with my tie, all right? And my shoes that were too big for my feet because I think somebody gave them to me. But, uh, but I was just standing up there and you know, he just goes on preaching. But then he comes back over to me and he starts to prophesy over me. And I remember it. He, he did not know me for anyone, from anyone. Uh, but he said, God's getting ready to deliver you of some childhood hurts and some childhood pains. 
and people have been have judged you. Uh, people have judged you because they can't quite figure out what's going on with you. They don't quite understand how you do things. You're kind of at times you kind of like a, um, a kind of like an outsider, kind of like an outcast. And people, even in your walk with God, it's been hard for even leaders to kind of figure out what's going on with you uh, and kind of where do we position this kid? How do we how do we help this one? And you know he started just man, and I just started just crying. I mean he just read my mail right and just about my childhood. I'm like this dude don't know me from nobody. And then he says, God's going to bring you into a season of pastoring. And like, I didn't start pastoring until over what? Decades later. Um, uh, and 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 um, he, he started to say, God's getting ready to separate you from some people. Uh, not that they're bad people, not that they're good people, but God's bringing you into a, a season to separate you for what he's called you to do. And I just was weeping there. But there was an encounter right there. Bam. The light of the word, just uh, confirming some things in my life. And, and, and I remember since that point, things shifted in my life. Things shifted. Relationships shifted. There was a change. When God touches a life, even saves a life, he changes a lifestyle. And that's that. that here's, here's another one. I want to share another one here if y'all don't mind. Uh, well, you don't have any option here. You just have to turn me off. You can't turn me off. You wouldn't turn me off, would you? I mean, I'm preaching the word here. Why would you turn it off? Why would you even, you know, you might pause it to go to the bathroom, but you don't need to turn this off. Here we go. Here's another one. Here's another one. I was in Bible college. Um, this is before I went to Oceanside. This is, um, and, um, <clears throat> and uh, we were in a class, and the, this was the, um, the teacher at the time was a very strong prayer warrior. I was actually a part of her prayer school. Um, and so I was, I was with her in a prayer school three days a week after school was over. I was just in prayer with and, and a group, a, bunch of, a lot of students were a part of that. But, um, but in the class, she calls me out. I stand up in the middle of class. Um, you know, I wish we did this in our public. I wish our teachers in public schools had, could just flow in the spirit right in the middle of their class. That'd be amazing. Hey, stand up, Johnny. I got a word for you. But um, anyway, um, stood up and she said, um, and she kind of knew what I was involved in. At the time, I was a professional skateboarder, and I was going to Bible college, but I would travel up to, I would fly up to San Francisco, film for videos, and do all that, and come back, and all that, and it was what I was doing for a living. But she said, God is going to shift things in your near future, that you, God has given you a platform in skateboarding, but God's going to shift things, and you're going to step into ministry, and, and you're going to be focusing on this, and God's going to shift that. God's going to shift that. And it took couple years, few years later, God began to shift it. And it was a power, God it was confirming what was already in my heart, but there it was. Call of God I felt in my soul at the time. So I'm going to say it one more time. When God saves a life, he changes a lifestyle. And when God has a word for you, he's going to speak it and it's going to change the course of your life. All right, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12. Um, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. There it is again. Somebody say, walk it out. Um, you can do this, okay? Um, too many people, I've been um, walking with God and in church for some time. Too many people put way too much pressure on themselves. Man, I can't do this, man. That's too hard to be a Christian. Um, with his grace, um, it's um, not hard. It's not always easy, but with grace, it's possible. Without the grace of God, impossible. But here it is, that you would walk worthy. 
You can do it. You can walk worthy. Worthy simply means that we walk in a manner that exemplifies the value God put on us. He put so much value on us, so make the value he placed on your life on that cross worth it. Make what he did worth it. Walking worthy, right? That, that we would put an effort to what he has done for us, right? Here it is again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12, that you would walk worthy. Somebody say, walk in freedom, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you, calls you into his own kingdom and glory, okay? And, and here is, here's another one I wanna share about the kingdom of God, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, okay? Um, as you're turning there, once again, 1 Thessalonians 2, 12, that you would walk worthy, that you would walk worthy. You know, the Apostle Paul said, that walk worthy of the calling, right? We can do this. We can, in Christ, in his grace, we can walk this thing out. You can be a legit Christian by his grace. Walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Colossians chapter one, verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, translated us, placed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. He has placed us into the kingdom. We've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Um, you know, we can walk worthy of the kingdom. And this is why there's so much in the word here about walking and the kingdom, about living a life in the kingdom, about being in darkness, but now you're in the kingdom. This is the thing. This isn't your willpower. This is when the kingdom comes, he empowers you to do this. But when the kingdom comes, we're talking about a kingdom. We're talking about a spiritual kingdom. We're talking about King Jesus. And when the kingdom comes, that's when freedom comes. Okay, my second point is this. Freedom is found in the place where Christ is Lord. Freedom is found in the place where Christ is Lord. Meaning if there are areas of our life where he is not actually Lord, there is no freedom there. Freedom is where he is Lord because where he is Lord, where he is king, his kingdom is there, all right? And I know we're, we're out here in America, right? We're in Western civilization. We really don't understand kingdoms. Um, we don't, our, our system of government is a democracy. Nothing wrong with that, but it's not a kingdom. It's hard to look, at, look through the lens of our government system and see the kingdom. They're just different. They're different kingdoms. Other nations have a, maybe an easier way to understand this because in, 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 you know, in the United Kingdom, even to this day, when, when a sovereign walks in the room, everybody stands. I mean, that's just how they do it. It's a sovereign. It's, you know, and so when we receive the kingdom, when we're transferred from one kingdom, darkness, into the kingdom of God, everything changes. All right, a monarchical system is not a democracy. You know, uh, when a sovereign walks, when a sovereign steps in, uh, everybody else responds. And um, I'm not saying we need to have that kind of, uh, you know, monarchical system. I'm just saying, just to parallel that to the kingdom, when when we speak of a kingdom, there must be a king. There, there, there's a king somewhere. If there's a kingdom, there's a king, right? And so the kingdom speaks of and brings attention to a king, all right? And I'm talking about walking in freedom. And so I'm talking it uh, through um, the perspective 
of the kingdom of God. And I'm here to tell you right now, when the kingdom of God comes, Jesus said, um, you know, pray like this. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When God's kingdom shows up, freedom is in the environment of the kingdom of God because that's where King Jesus is. That's where he reigns. And where he reigns, there's freedom. Okay, and so when the kingdom speaks, it, you know, if there's a kingdom and there's a sovereign that rules that kingdom, right? Uh, we as Christians, we serve a king. We worship a king, the king of kings. When we speak of a kingdom, we speak of a, of a regal community that has authority, right? But we also speak of um, absolute, when you speak of a kingdom, we speak of absolute allegiance and submission to the king of that kingdom. It's not a person. Uh, your allegiance isn't even, when you talk about the kingdom, your allegiance should never be uh, to, a, to a pastor or spiritual leader more than Christ. Your allegiance should never even be uh, more to a local church community than, than, than Christ. Um, that, that, play, that, that, that plays into our walk with God, but, but let's not get it twisted here. I, we are, we are um, kings and priests in the kingdom of God, and so our allegiance is to the king, and in that context, he connects us to community, but let's never put uh, the cart before the horse here that it's not about uh, my allegiance to to anything or anybody more than Christ himself, you know, and that's why worship it's so important. We're talking about walking in freedom. And I'm going to tell you right now, man, when the kingdom shows up, I mean, the kingdom messes with everything. And this is why worship is so important. This is why I believe people lack freedom because they don't understand the concept of when the kingdom comes, it shifts everything. This is a kingdom. This isn't, this isn't um, you know, when, when we give our life to Jesus, um, we, there's so many rights in Scripture but there are rights we must relinquish. There, there, I mean, if we want to be free, I mean, I'm, I'm giving my life to a king that rules a kingdom. And when I step from a, the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love, I, I, I am subjecting myself to Christ's rule. I, I mean, he is the sovereign ruler of our heart and life. And once again, where, you know, freedom is found in the only in the place where Christ is king. The kingdom. I mean, th this is where freedom is, okay? And we got to understand, man, we, we, our freedom is in direct proportion to our submission, submission to his rulership. Come on, somebody, write that down. I'm here to tell you right now, I know by experience that freedom is on the other side of my submission to his rulership. I'm going to say it again. Freedom in our life is in direct proportion to our submission to Christ's rulership in our life and on our journey. You know, he, Colossians 1.13, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. It's the kingdom where the freedom is. It's submission to his kingship. It is, I am in his kingdom I'm in the environment where he rules. So what he says goes. He is the head of the church. 
okay? And he is the good shepherd. I'm, I might be a pastor, but really I'm an under-shepherd. I mean, I, we're all being pastored by Jesus, okay? And this is why worship is so important because this is what differentiates us and differentiates God's people. This is what differentiates Christ's followers from any other religion or belief system out there. This is because when we worship, we, that's, that's, that's the kingdom happening when people worship, right? We were created to worship. This is where freedom is. Worship is an acknowledgement of the Lordship. You don't worship anybody else, anything else. You might say, man, I love you. Man, you're amazing. Man, you know, you might, I mean, I love my wife. Um, you know, and, and she, I give my life to her and there's so many parallels with my relationship with my wife and my relationship with God and, and all that, and that, that but, but I don't worship her, okay? And she, I've had to stop her from worshiping me at times, you know, because I am so amazing to her. She's, she, I'm like, girl, don't worship me, only worship Jesus. Like the angel was like, look, don't worship me, John. Don't worship me. Worship me. I'm just kidding. She's never, never tried to worship. She's not trying to worship me, right? Uh, you know, I have enough time, a hard time getting her to call me Lord as Sarah did Abram, Abraham. So, so anyway, no, worship. This is it. Why? Because the king, capital K, is present. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. We're talking about walking in freedom. And I'm here to tell you right now, Worship is how we get the kingdom here. And worship is where you can walk, how you walk in freedom and or in the kingdom, the kingdom of God. See, look at man. People go to churches because of the kids program. Nothing wrong with that because they want their kids. To, they want to take a break from their kids. So they put them in kids church, right? I have kids. That's why I come to church. I, no, I'm just kidding. Um, People come to church because of the preaching. I don't know if they come here because of the preaching. But people come. But I'm going to tell you, God goes to church because of the worship. You could have great preaching. And if worship isn't genuine, I'm here to tell you right now, God is not attracted to that place. Ain't no kingdom up in there. But I'm here to tell you right now, if we want God here, if we want his kingdom here, it's not going to be because of the fancy preacher. It's not going to be because of this or that. It's not going to be because uh, we got hand sanitizer and, um, and Clorox wipes everywhere. Praise the Lord, We're, you know, for that, for, for all that. But it's not because it's excellent. God doesn't show up to a church because it's neat. We want to be excellent. I'm just saying God shows up to a church because of the worship. And that is why God comes to church. You know, uh, when the kingdom comes... Everything changes, right? And so I can't preach walking in freedom without preaching submission to Christ's rulership. There is no freedom outside of that. There is none. There is none. The kingdom, by way of relationship to the king, occupies every aspect of my identity and existence. That is what a kingdom does. That, that, is the, that, is the, that is what a kingdom is. When the kingdom comes, everything changes. It influences God's kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, the kingdom of God influences every aspect of my spirit, soul, body, 
my, it influences my finances, my relationships, my plan, my attitudes, my dreams, my initiatives. You know, the kingdom of God and Christ's rulership is, 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 is superior to my earthly culture. You know, it's more important than my natural affinities and it matters more than my earthly successes. We're talking about the kingdom of God and worship. I want to encourage you today to worship, to, to, to surrender um, your life, whatever it is, so you can walk in freedom, so you can walk out what God is, is, is putting on your life, so you can walk out what he has imparted to your life. You know, we can't experience the kingdom of God without worship. And we are not going to make a difference in our community if we don't worship. And we as individuals will never walk in freedom if we're not worshipers, primarily and firstly, all right? Um, you know, you know the, the kingdom of God is an environment. It's, it's a spiritual environment in the earth that we've been transferred into. And um, the Bible even says that the kingdom of God is in you. The spirit of God, the wisdom, the mysteries of God in Christ is inside of you. And when we, uh, when we submit to his rulership, uh, there's freedom, there's liberty, there's, there's, there's open doors. I mean, think about it. You know, uh, the kingdom can only operate in our life to the level of our relationship to the one that's ruling that kingdom. And so, turn in your Bibles here. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. This is my last scripture. And it says this. This I say then, walk in the spirit. Somebody say walk in freedom. You know, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm going to say it again. This is so powerful. We're talking about walking in freedom. Spiritual. It's a spiritual thing. Uh, this I say then, you know, in the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So in the kingdom of God, we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk in this freedom. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Um, here's my last point is freedom will cost you something. Um, Jesus paid a price so we can receive freedom. But to, to walk in freedom, there's going to be some things we'll let, let go of, we'll surrender to. Um, in the kingdom of God and walking with God is not just about rewards. It's uh, walking. Freedom isn't, isn't um, uh, you know, uh, freedom in the sense of liberty in the flesh just to do whatever we want. Um, true freedom in Christ comes with boundaries, you know. Walking with God is always these, it's always these, there's this conflict of faith. There's this conflict in my walk with God. There's this tension that in, in walking with God, there's rewards and responsibilities. This is freedom. You know, there, there's spiritual opulence in Christ, but there's also sacrificial obedience. Uh, you can't have the opulence in Christ he provides without obedience. There is security and there is sacrifice. There is comfort and there's a cross. There is power and there's suffering. There is life in Christ, but there's also death to the flesh. 
There is life and death. There is this. And that in the kingdom of God is freedom that is provided for us. And, and when we submit to his rulership, the opportunities in the kingdom and the access we have to all that he is, is made available to us. All right. And so uh, we're going to get ready to pray here in a moment. Uh, but first, I just wanted to share because, you know, I, um, I, I hope you receive the challenge today. You know that, you know, freedom will cost you something. And, and that next level of glory, it will cost us something. Um, and he freely gives. And, and, and so it's hard to kind of um, sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes to, to look at both of these things where God's just given us so much. But then in scripture, there is this cost at times, this surrender, this letting go of things, this surrendering, this forsaking all, you know, this cross that we all must bear and that there's freedom in, in our worship, in our surrender, in our um, circumcising of things. You know, the Bible says we're the true circumcision. Circumcision is cutting away of flesh, right? I'm not going to go into the details of circumcision, but but that's what, there's something cut away. And so... Um, in my walk with God and walking in freedom, there's all in my journey, there's been times where I have let go of things. I have surrendered things. Um, and um, not that I sit up here and I stand on this, this stage of things that I have surrendered, but there are um, things that when we do surrender, there's freedom there. There's, there's kingdom opportunity. Um, and I just, I'll just share one thing that sometimes I look back and I say, man, that's something I died to, you know? Um, and I gave it to God. And I, I'll be honest with you, I don't even understand all the ins and outs of why this happened this way for my life and my journey. But, um, um, and I'm not saying this so you think that I'm somebody special because I gave up something of value to me. I'm just saying that this is part of all of our walk. And whether as small or great as it is, I want to encourage you that in our walk with God, there will be moments where, where we will surrender and the exchange is freedom, always. The, the exchange, I mean, just, it, it, you can't compare what he did for us and what we're willing to give up for him. I just think it's just a representation. It's just, it's just that he's worth it more than anything else. He's worth it, right? He is worth it. Jesus is worth the surrender. And so, um, one thing, and, and I shared about that prophetic word from that teacher, and, and, and so it came uh, to a point in my life that I left professional skateboarding. I was only 23 at the time, and this wasn't something that um, somebody, it, nobody personally was involved in this. It was me and the Lord, but it is something that I felt led to walk away from. Um, and um, I felt God leading me to surrender it and to allow it, leave the details to him. And, in the, and so I remember um, I was working at a grocery store part-time to, to subsidize my income for my professional skateboarding because I was in Bible college and I was really focused on ministry, but I was still skateboarding and I remember going to a payphone. I don't some of you've never heard of those things, but there there's these machines that used to be out, these mechanisms out in society where they were phones and they were in a phone booth and you would have to put a quarter in there to call somebody. So anyway, unless you had a one eight hundred number. Uh, but I um, I called my manager 
and I think I was just about to go into work or leave work and I said, hey man, I just, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna retire, I'm gonna leave skateboarding and um, I just, I'm just gonna do this. And they were like super cool, They're like, hey, awesome man, anytime you need anything, let me know. Um, actually, I just called, I just uh, messaged my, the manager I called, this is interesting, the manager I called, this was in 1998, I was 23 years old. I just, de we were DMing each other and I asked him for some boards and he's gonna send me a board, so I'm stoked I'm gonna get a board so I can get back in shape after these COVID pounds I put on. But anyway, but I walked away, I, I walked away. And, and it almost doesn't make sense. I'm not here to convince you as why it makes sense. But I, I feel like that was part of my freedom and walking with God. That same night I go to hear a preacher and the preacher preached a message, man, that just broke me, spoke into my life. And, and, and he, he talked about blind Bartimaeus, but this, he said this phrase and it's never left me. This was a summer night, 1998. And this, after, the day I called and left skateboarding, I knew people would be tripping out on my decision. I knew people wouldn't understand. And I couldn't even explain it to them entirely because they may not understand. I didn't understand it all. But he said, if you're going to follow Jesus, you have to be willing to be misunderstood by the multitude. And that confirmation right there just spoke to my heart. And that decision I made, you could tie to what I'm doing now and pastoring this community to that one decision I made. I didn't see Hopeland Church back then. I didn't see pastoring this church. I didn't even see being right here right now back then. But that decision was connected to my freedom and, and, and the call of God on my life. So I want to encourage everybody out there. If, if, don't, don't shy away from surrendering whatever it is to God for the sake of walking in freedom. Because when his kingdom comes, his rulership comes with it. And so I just want to pray for everybody here today um, that, that, that is listening to this message. And then we're going to pray for those that don't know Jesus and have not accepted him yet. But let me pray for you first. Father, I just pray for everybody in our church community. Uh, Lord, I pray that the kingdom would come. I pray that they would say, yes, Lord, to the next step in their walk. They would say yes, Lord, to the next level of surrender. They would say yes, Lord, to that next place of worship uh, that they'll step into and walk in. I, Lord, I pray that we as a community and we as families and we as individuals will be a people that are willing, Lord, and, and, and empowered by your grace to walk in freedom in every area of our life. And right now, I'm gonna pray for those that don't know Jesus. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Save me from my sin. Forgive me of my sins. I surrender to your Lordship. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message, and my prayer is that it inspired and challenged you. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings, and to stay connected, just follow us on social media. Remember, there's always hope, and your future in God is great.